When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, and you number three. Uh, yep. Wanted to make sure Andrew sure, jumped um, in. Let me know when Robert's ready to go, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be about five minutes. Oh, that's right. AJ just sneaks out. Oh, it's going to be five minutes. Yeah, they're running five minutes uh, behind today. So, see, we're the only ones who never run behind. Have you ever noticed it? Because we're professionals. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? We do all right. No. Yeah, I think it's so. so weird. I've never been through a situation where one of the members of your team, unless they were just you know on one hour and that's just the way it was, but all of a sudden you look up and AJ's gone. It's like what the hell? Oh, that's right. He leaves every day at this time. He uh, always says, "Tell Tom." I love him. And he does a kiss. He goes, Mwah. Yeah, sure he does. Nice try. <laughs> he always does that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I believe that. There's a, I'm locked in now. I absolutely 100% believe that's true. Oh, good. So Andy hopped in. Uh, we yeah, just, uh, the, I'm telling you, Andy, this new equipment, you got the, the, I have this new curved screen. Yeah, he's got a curved Ooh. gaming monitor. Wow. We were on Super Sale at Best Buy, and I was like, sure, why not? They, there was one point where everybody thought that was going to be the new yep. rage, where the TVs were going to be curved and the oh, screens. Right. Yeah. It lasted about a year, mm -hmm. and everybody was like, yeah, it's really not that much better. It's basically the same, but I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's just looking at it is kind of cool because yeah. it, it reminds me of being at a drive-in because some of the drive-in screens were curved a little not most of them but some of them were yeah which was very very cool so andy we've been talking uh pretty much crap about everybody all day so just you can join in whenever you want oh well, all right then you know you got somebody wandering behind you do you there oh uh gel fans here oh just lock the door i were i worked on <laughs> locking the door he is <laughs> tricky i worked on locking the door no, it, uh, I don't know. What the hell were we just talking about before I saw it? I, that always makes me nervous. That's one thing about being here and then looking at the that the engineer, who is mm -hmm. Tevin right now, so yeah. your AJ sits. And whenever anybody moves behind him, I'm like, uh-oh, what's that? Yeah, or like there's recently, whether it was like a package getting delivered or they were doing some sort of work outside the door, and you'll hear them either like lock it, unlock it, or stuff right. like that. And yeah, I'm very uh, vulnerable to not be facing the door. I know I, I and I'm watching you do it and it's like who who is that why are they moving but as long as it's Gail fan who is a criminal though by the way yeah, like yeah. which felony are you referring to you just my existence 
the existence of Gelfand. Yeah. Where the hell's your Detroit hat? What's the matter with you? Well, you know, I, I traded a stocking cap for it today. <laughs> a little chilly? It's a little chilly out there. You wouldn't know. That'll happen, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the only reason I bring it up is because Andy's son, Ethan, if I'm not wearing a hat, he gets very angry and keeps going, hat, hat, <laughs> hat. I have to wear a hat around him, otherwise he gets very upset. It's I like don't. when I take my glasses off. He doesn't like that. Oh, he doesn't like his hat. He keeps going, so glasses. <laughs> Kids are so funny. Like, Gogo has an obsession with hats, too. Like, I picked her from daycare in a hat, and she just kept staring at it because normally that's dad. Dad wears a hat. Like, yeah. it's so it's just funny how kids have their obsessions. I remember when my sister cut her hair and got bangs, and my nephews both bawled uncontrollably. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you change for? Yep. Change is bad. That is true. I used to love that when I was a kid that was a teenager and your friends would all of a sudden show up with curly hair. It's like, what the (laughs) hell is that? (laughs) And try to act like nothing's changed. (laughs) And then you wanted curly hair. Mm. Yeah. Well, my older brother, Terry, has naturally curly hair. Nobody else in the family does except for him. Wow. Yeah, it's true. I don't know why that is, but he has naturally very curly hair which is after my mother's side, apparently. So the rest of us are Bernard's. So we should, I suppose, if we're just going to keep in that Bernard strain, we'll just abandon our family sooner or later, right? Well, I, one mm-hmm. thing I discovered uh, from my dad is that uh, baldness uh, skips a generation, as does a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me think about that. You know, I got to be honest with you. In my family, that's pretty much true. Yeah. Because my grandma, Minnie, had a great sense of humor. There was, my grandma, Minnie, my mother's mother, was six feet tall, probably weighed about 150, and she wasn't fat. She mm-hmm. was just a very big German woman. Yeah. But she had this magnificent sense of humor, which I just loved. Yeah. So we'd get together, you know, we'd go up to Long Prairie and go up. She lived above the Gambles store in Long Prairie. You guys probably, Gelfan would know, but the two of you, or the three of you actually probably never even heard of Gambles. No, uh, no. It was a it was a chain store across America. What like in the fifties and sixties, Mike? Yeah, I'd say that's about right. And I always wanted to go in there because gambling appealed to me even then. Nice. Absolutely, just the word Gambles. Yeah, I was ready. Was enough for that's you. That's another thing no that skipped the generation. You oh yeah the gambling part. Well yeah because on my mother's side you know there were a lot of bookmakers. But on my dad's side, that oh. that, that wasn't the case. All the, all the gangsters were on my mother's side. That's so funny because they were on my mother's side too. Isn't that that's weird? Yeah, it's 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 amazing. And then you know, I always wonder, like, well, my mother had a sense of humor. You know, my dad did not. And people used to say to me, "Well, you must have gotten your sense of humor from my dad, from your dad." And I'd say, "What? No, <laughs> no, no, not no." No, my dad, like if his sense of humor was like uh, he wanted to pretend that he had one, you know, he wanted to be a part of it. So mm-hmm. like like if I said to him, you know, let's say let's say I told a joke like, uh, uh, you know, like, um, you know, 10,000 dead attorneys. What do you call 10,000 dead attorneys? Right. And the answer, of course, is a good start. Right. A good start. Absolutely. And then my dad wouldn't he wouldn't laugh, but he would say 20,000. Ah, you beat yeah, you, next, next level it <laughs> exponentially. Yeah, God, isn't it? It's so amazing how the world has changed, or the world continues to change. I suppose because things come and they go, and all the rest of it. Yeah. God, 
I just saw that Soderbergh's closed on Lake Street. Do you guys know Soderbergh's? Oh, man, that's, that's been there like 100 mm-hmm. years. 105 years, I think, something like that. Yeah. But it strikes home because the very first time I went to a florist to buy flowers for a girl, I was kind of sweet on this young girl that lived down South Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And I, I went and bought her a little bundle of flowers over at Soderberg. So it tore my heart out to see their closing. I've lost my memory now. Oh, man. But yeah, that, that just by coincidence, she happened to live in South Minneapolis. So I went to Soderberg's to buy fresh, because I wanted to have fresh flowers. Of course. You know. But Soderberg's was a great store. It was. You guys ever been there? Mm-mm. Nope. I've been to a florist, I think, one time in my life. That was it? One florist? That's yeah. it. Was it Bachman's? No, it was the local one in our town. Oh, local, no, local one out there. Mm-hmm. I've been to Bachman's a lot. We used to play poker above the Bachman's store nice. on Franklin Avenue. Cause, oh, sure. Because uh, I, 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 I knew one of the Bachman's, mm-hmm. and and he, um, so he had an apartment. He got he got an apartment above the Bachman's store. Really? Yeah, and that was where we'd play poker. But then after a while. He uh, he left he left the uh, the uh, the Bachman store, and he started working at a mortuary, and uh, so he was he was the guy who did the night deliveries and pickups at the mortuary. Oh, oh God! So you he had deliveries had to, from mortuaries. <laughs> he had to sleep there, you know, at the mortuary. So he'd be on call, right? That's way less cool to be above there. I had to sleep there than at the at Bachman's. Yeah, yes. I, I was not willing to play poker at the mortuary. Good for you. Uh, I didn't know you had standards. <laughs> well, I, I didn't know you had standards. That's nice. Well, it wasn't really a standard. It was a phobia. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> I suppose that's probably true. I don't know. It just, you know, that's that's kind of interesting as you go from generation to generation, all these stores you remember and things you remember. And, you know, because, well, Mike, and I think you and I are of that generation. We're the last people who even knew what an F.W. Woolworth was. <laughs> Robert Carradine had to cancel. Oh, he did? Aww. He wants to be on, so he'll be on another day, he, but not today. Yeah, the email okay. says MIA, so I don't know if he's missing or what's going oh, on. Oh, no. Yeah, he's not, uh, not going to be on. A publicist can't find Robert. Mm. Well, that does happen <laughs> with actors. You do know that, right? right? Yeah. Actors kind of do that. That's too bad. Well, it's no big deal. Like I said, we had a magnificent interview this morning, and that's why you got a book. Yeah, well, book and double guess on this. This show is a great idea anyway, because I love to interview people, but... But you you do hit that kind of stuff. They just don't show up once in a while. Yeah. Just the way it is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, let me, okay, let's weigh this whole thing. So my left hand, I have Robert Carradine. Mm-hmm. And in my right hand, I have Mike Gelfand. Who would you take? Mike Gelfand oh, every single time. In a minute. In a second. I would have, right? Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah, no doubt. Even in my though it's mind. obviously not genuine, I do appreciate it. Who do you think I'd want to hang out with? Well, out of exactly. The two of you? No, Gelfand is the most interesting person that I've ever met, I think. <laughs> you, like our five minute car rides after the shows, just oh, the yeah. stories oh, of the good old days. Like, Gelfand, I'm sure you've seen Nick Saban now and Belichick are all, you know, no longer going to be coaching at their yeah. places they've been. Did you ever cover any big notoriable or notoriable? Notoriable. Notoriable. We're making making up words today. Notorious, (laughs) whatever. Um, Like 
coaching changes like that or seen any like big moves that you had to cover oh, back in the day? So so many. It's it's hard to it's hard to count them all. Yeah. I you know covering baseball, like I only covered baseball for like three years in a day, but even so there were so many like I, I think I saw Billy Martin get fired and hired twice. Just <laughs> in those three years. I gotta mention such a Gel fan thing that you just did. Only you would say you know, I don't know what it was, but I, you know, I think I covered sports for three years in a day. <laughs> well, apparently you do know. <laughs> well, I actually covered sports for about four and a half years, but only baseball for three years. And a day. And then I just yeah. said, I'm not doing it anymore because I got kids now. So, so wait was... a minute. Why, why did you want to stop covering baseball? Well, I, I only meant to cover baseball for maybe a year or two. Oh, because I never really wanted to be a sports writer because my dad had been a sports writer and he he made made clear to me that he would be disgraced if I became a sports writer. Oh, really? He did not consider it to be a, a dignified profession. But, I have a question for you. Oh, but, finish, but then finish. I was on the city hall beat. They put me on the city hall beat because they knew I would hate it. Mm-hmm. And the only way I could get off the city hall beat was to go on the baseball beat. Really? Yeah. So this was just an escape. Yeah. And then, and then, but then I didn't have any kids when I started covering baseball. You know, I got to be honest with you though. I'm, I'm a little upset with you because you're not more grateful to your father because it weren't for your father's great advice. You'd have never had that wonderful friendship with Rod Carew. <laughs> That's right. Hey, if it you know, people, people <laughs> think like I, I, I have this grudge against Rod Carew just because he threatened to kill me every day. <laughs> But, but I, I think that if he hadn't, I probably wouldn't be here today. Yeah. Also, exactly. like to them, that's a daunting thing. Like I've maybe had like one person go like, I want to kill you or whatever. But like the, what people don't know is that's a common occurrence with you. Like you, mm. again, more than you could count kind of vibe. So it's not like you have a special place in your heart for that person. Well, yeah. yeah and considering all the death threats that we see day to day now. Yeah. Yeah, there is that. But then, but in those days, you know, it was harder to get death threats. Now it's just a common thing. Yeah, you can just well, they had it. to mail them or like you know courier them over to you. Well, True. in those days, you know, everything was sort of was more personal. Like, I would not want to be a reporter today because you'd be getting all these death threats. But in those days, you know, people would have to write you a letter. Yeah, and for some reason, people who read the newspaper almost never actually wanted to write anything, let alone a death threat. Yeah. So we we always had the guy, remember, well, we've talked about John. John, the guy who walked all around the city, and mm-hmm. and he had that stentorian voice, and he yep. would... And he would start, you know, he would get into these passionate monologues about how uh, they say the they say the yesterday was the coldest day on record. It wasn't the coldest day on record. 2004, you know, and he'd go on like that. That was that was John, the guy who would he would send death threats, but nobody else would. The old Star Tribune building that had the six hundred fifty thousand papers a day. Remember that when they had that big billboard on top of Hell the Star yeah. Tribune building? And they still have like you know, I mean, for whatever reason, I think the Sunday paper still has like four hundred thousand uh, subscribers. Does it really? Yeah. But walking up, John was walking in front of the Star Tribune building. Mm-hmm. I was walking toward him. And he literally did not look at me. He did not even, no indication he even saw me. Let me put it that way. Mm -hmm. He's walking along and all of a sudden he looks up 
not at me, but just looks up and says, Washington apples are the best goddamn <laughs> apples in the world. That's right. I'm like, okay. Yeah, he was what just, the hell is yeah. that? Well, he, he had certain things he liked to talk about. Washington yeah. apples, one of them. The the weather the the lies of the National Weather Service that was another one. Did, oh yes, yep. Did mm. Honeycrisp just blow his goddamn mind? <laughs> like if he thinks oh. Washington apples are good. Well, luckily, luckily for all of us, those fake University of Minnesota apples were not in existence then. No, they were not. And I can't stand those those. What's wrong oh. with you? Well, they're yeah. sickly sweet, is why. You don't like the Honeycrisps? Oh, they're Honeycrisps. Oh, can't are stand them. No, no. no, give me a Macintosh any day. Grow well, up. here's the real question: <laughs> What is your opinion on the flavor of Red Delicious apples? Okay. Oh, Red Delicious. Well, they're they're not even apples. I don't know what they are. They just exist. Like if someone okay. cut it up, I would Good. eat one and go. Yeah. That didn't count as food. Like no. they just yeah. exist. Also, they're just like they they're designed to look pretty, mm-hmm. not. Taste they do good. look pretty good. They do yeah. look pretty. They do. They look like you know your ideal apple, your but snow yeah, white you bite apple. into them. And, yeah. Yeah, it's like sawdust and water. I guess call me old fashioned. There's really just two apple flavors: red and Graham green. Smith. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they all taste kind of the same. No, they do. As if, far if as you the like red. green apples, you're a sociopath. Green Watch apples Grand Smiths are awesome. Yeah, they're fine. Biting into a green apple is, I would have to fall in Gelfan's world where I'm like, my teeth hurt. Like, it's so right. sweet. And you wouldn't like uh, Ethan's latest hobby then. What? He will go over to the fridge and he'll point at it and he'll say, tongue. What he wants you to do is. <laughs> spray lemon juice into his mouth. I <laughs> tongue. What yep. the hell? What is wrong with toddlers? They are terrifying. <laughs> no. And so, and yeah, Granny Smiths don't have anything on just drinking lemon juice. And I know Tom will appreciate this. Uh, uh I I've always felt that God actually didn't make little green apples. And it don't rain in Indianapolis in the summertime? Or, or didn't didn't at one point didn't he say in Minneapolis? In Minneapolis, at one point he did. Yeah, you're absolutely. He said Minneapolis. You're absolutely right. Yeah. No question about it. Look, back to John for one quick second because it was one of the great moments of my life. My first day at Donaldson's Garden Room oh, yeah. as a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. I'm walking out to pick some. Uh, I was a busboy as, as well, walking out to get some dishes off a booth, and this man walks in, and. It's, it was one of my first days on the job. He walks in, sits down, orders his food, gets up, kneels down in front of the booth, and begins praying uh, for his meal. That was John again. Mm-hmm. And he would do this, in the name of the Father and the Son. <laughs> and he would do it very loudly so everybody could hear it. Now, see, see, I only prayed before my meal when Bob Lundegaard forced me to go to lunch with him at the Powers Basement Cafeteria. Oh, my God. Those were the days. Oh, yeah. 79 cents uh, for Chicken oh. a la King. Mm. Bob Lundegaard. What's, he, what, what's that all about? Uh, well, Bob, you know, hey, Bob had a family to support. And, yep. and so he, plus Bob was, Bob was always sort of frugal. I always liked him, though. The great guy. Well, sure, mm-hmm. he befriended me when I was 18 years old. I'm working at the Daily. He's at the at the Temple of Journalism, the Minneapolis Tribune. Sure. I understand. But, you know, we had a lot. I suppose every town has their characters, though, that, oh, there's that guy. You know, everybody knew John as that guy. Yeah. Well, he was, of course, more than a character. He was, Mm -hmm. um, he was uh, mentally ill. 
He was. He was severely mentally because, ill. But... Because every now and then he'd just disappear, you know. Mm -hmm. And he usually wind, he, he would basically wind up in uh, University of Minnesota Hospital uh, Station 62. And that was? That was the, the mental ward, yeah. The mental ward? Yeah. You know how I know that? Because hmm. one of his buddies in the ward at the time was my dad. Oh, sure, yeah. Well, there you go. There you have it. You know what, though? Looking back at that, the, the little things about your life growing up, John was one of the little things that I never regretted. Yeah. Meeting a man that that mentally ill who tried to function by talking to himself constantly. Yeah, I, I felt like I had joined a, a very exclusive fraternity the yeah. first time I ever got a, a hate mail from him. You got hate mail from John? Yeah, when I was working at the, at the I paper. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. And, and he, I, I call it hate mail because not only was it well, fairly clearly threatening, but the but the anytime he struck the O letter, there would be that he would punch a hole through the the round part of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he would just go right through there. Ah, uh, what the hell? It all works out in the end. So, Mike, uh, I I got to ask you hmm? about five minutes into a break here, but I got to ask you, what did you think of the NFL moves this weekend or this week? I should say. Well. Um, I think they were, most of them were just inevitable, right? I mean, yeah, were there any true. shockers? I mean, people, people focused on, uh, on Bellicose, as I call him. Bellicose, Coach, Coach very Bellicose. nice. And, uh, and, and because after all, he, he's more than a coach. He, he is an institution. He also was uh, yeah. a coach of a really horrible team, and things weren't getting any better for him. Let's face it, without Brady, ugh, you know, he was he was less steckle without Brady. Oh my God, that's a hot, that's harsh. Yeah, I know it is. It's meant to be. Testicle, remember that he got so pissed off at me because I called him Tess. It was less steckle, yeah. Less steckle, and I just called less him Testicle. Steckle. Yeah, yeah. He well, he had a, he had a lot of problems to deal with. He did. What was that whole deal about? Didn't he do something where he ripped his shirt open or started? He was yelling, or he acted really weird, and thought it was a good way to to give a, some support to his troops. What yeah, he had that? the uh, what did he call it? He had the the something camp, where he was gonna yep. you know show everyone that this team was just was macho. Yep. And and but on the field they weren't really macho. It's a problem. And that team was terrible. He was. He might have been the worst coach ever, right, for the Vikings? Uh, possibly. Wait. He only lasted one year, didn't he? Uh, was it only one? It seemed longer. Was Les Steckel, was he the coach, the camp you're talking about, essentially was they were playing a bunch of random, like, you know, American gladiator type games to prove who was, like, the toughest guy on the team and yes. a bunch of guys got yeah. hurt? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was yep. a disaster. Why would you do that? You don't do that. <laughs> no, that's a, that <laughs> There's no that. reason. He showed that, well, now, of course, you know, now you now you do it, but now now it turns into a cable show. Yeah, I suppose that's probably true. You know, I never watch those shows anymore. There's they still got all these shows about this and that, and this. We're locked on an island, or we're locked in a house, or we're. Do, are those supposed to be reality shows? I know they call mm -hmm. 
I guess. I just, I've never watched those. So they any good? No. The problem with those is when they first came out and it was all organic, it was yeah. really good. And now oh, okay. you have people that go on there because they just want to play the bit to be famous. Yeah. Yep. They know how to, yeah, yeah. They, and they know how to play the game and they go into it with their motives and all mm -hmm. that stuff. And so it's, yeah, it's very... It's not, it's not as good, but you can appreciate it for what it is, yeah. and I would say it's an easy watch. And so it's, you can just sit back. You really don't even have to pay attention is what you're saying. I always People always say that, but I have that disease where I don't like to not pay attention. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I don't care how bad a show is. If I'm watching it and my husband tries to start a conversation, I'm always like, <laughs> I would like to watch this. But I, because I... I either give it all my attention or none. Like I don't, I don't right. do well with the passive TV on. Yeah, I see. I never understood that either. That people had their TV on in their house, but nobody was watching it. Yeah, that's not our house. Like we are very in, like intentional watchers. I would imagine anything new coming out because uh, we've got Kristen Burt coming up in just a couple of minutes here, so we could do a precursor. You know, I want to ask her about. Um, about the uh, now we've had like about five days now since the uh, the uh, the Joe disaster, <laughs> Joe Coy disaster, yep. Joe Coe, yeah. non non Joe Coe, and I, I'm wondering if uh, if if the uh, the folks in Hollywood are starting to forgive him or are they just still piling on? I'm sure you guys have talked about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that's a good one. And then also they just came out with the um, SAG, the Screen Actors Guild Awards, had their nominations out. And that's SAG and Golden Globes are kind of the first step to the the big marathon to the Oscars. And mm -hmm. it kind of gave us an indication of with the two shows, what's going to be Oscar worthy. It's really sad, though, because Joe Coy in person is a really nice guy. Is he? He's just a great, I haven't seen him in a few years now, but he used to come in the studio once in a while and do the show. I mean, you remember having Joe Coy in, don't you, Andy? Yeah, that was a long, he was like one of the first, he had to have been in the first year of the show. Yeah, that was what, 12 years ago? Uh, yeah. yeah. That's about right. Really, really nice guy. So I hadn't seen him in the last few years. So mm. he must have changed a bit because I couldn't see the Joe Coy that I knew start bad-mouthing everybody because, oh, they're only laughing at my jokes. Well, I didn't ever was, see him doing that. See, that was where he went wrong. Mm -hmm. Up until yeah. then, he was just your normal yes. failure. <laughs> That's because well, we it is a horrible that. gig. Yeah, and 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 where he went wrong was when he said, as you mentioned, where he said, you know, they they the jokes you're laughing at, I wrote those, and then the jokes you're not laughing at, those were written by my writers. Two things wrong with that. One, of course. You never throw your writers under the bus. Yeah. Right. The other thing is, right. what jokes they were laughing at. I know, at. I was still waiting for those. <laughs> there were none. No, I suppose. Um, like I said, Kristen's going to be up in a couple of minutes, but I do want to ask you guys, I, I just, I don't understand why this whole Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Kimmel thing happened. Was that a scam? Was that uh, all teed up to draw attention? I don't believe so because late really? last night he was actually dropped by ESPN in the Pat McAfee show, so he'll I no saw longer that. be uh, making appearances. Well, he's a prick. They should drop him. Yeah. He is oh. not a nice person. There's no, no he never has been. This is not anything new. Yep. He, if if you asked him a question like, "Man, you know," if you said, "That was the greatest game I've ever seen any quarterback play," what happened with the interception? Then he would just glare at you hatefully, like mm. you, you know, like. Anything you said that might not be interpreted as as basically 
worship. He he would just become outraged. He's just a jerk. He really is. But the problem I have, of course, is how can I hate? Well, I don't hate Rogers because I never met him. I, that's not true. I did meet him one time for a brief period, mm-hmm. and he was an arrogant asshole. Yeah. But the problem I have is uh, he's not funny. But neither is anybody on late night television, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy, whatever that other one's name is, Stephen Colbert. Those shows are not funny in the least anymore. <clears throat> what happened? Well, I mean, I, I think it's all about the writers anyway. Yeah, true. I mean, there's, there's uh, yeah, anyone who thinks that, that the hosts of those shows are sitting around all day fine tuning wow. jokes. Right. No, that's not, not going to happen. I Probably think Jimmy Kimmel's no. Jimmy Kimmel is he's very good at delivering the jokes, and if the jokes are funny, then then he's funny. Yeah, but yeah, no. I, I the problem with Colbert is he's just you know it's it's just the same thing every single night. Every yep, night. sure is. Yeah, it and is. it's been going for God, what like twelve years or something. Yeah, it's something. Like how like long that. can yeah. you do the same thing? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Now, the other Jimmy, there's mm-hmm. been a lot of news lately about how he shows up about 25% of the time drunk to do the show. Fallon? Jimmy Fallon, yeah. Really? Yeah, they Fallon had a big... I did not know yeah. that. Yeah, a big expose about him. It actually came out during the... Right at the... Uh, during the writer's strike. So it kind of... Tom, it's actually amazing you remember that because it was very systematic the way they dealt with it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they kind of hit it and... Um, there is a whole article writing up that the whole concept is it was it was very Ellen DeGeneres esque where you walk in and you don't know what you're walking into. Mm-hmm. It was either good mm-hmm. Jimmy yeah. or bad Jimmy, wow. and the whole his mood dictated everything. He drank all the time. Mm-hmm. And, I had no idea. And so huh. he went and did some video thing addressing it, saying that he feels bad. But again, all of this during the strike, mm. and then it was never brought up ever again. Yeah, there was the uh, Rolling Stone did a report on it where they got like 14 oh, former really? employees. Yeah, that kind of yeah. aired everything out. And, like they were saying, yeah, right, or as Brittany said, where some days were good days where he hey, was full of wit and charm and creativity were on full display and other days were bad Jimmy uh, days. Well, as, as long as he's not dropping ketamine with Elon Musk, I'm okay with it. <laughs> and you're okay. You're good to go. <laughs> Elon Musk, how's he doing? I think he's fine. He's I, I wouldn't worry about him. him. But, but, you know, there's been a lot of talk lately about the fact that he is basically using every recreational drug known to man. So would I. I. Well, the ketamine thing is taking it a step too far. In my yeah, opinion. ketamine's uh, nasty stuff. No, but ketamine is one of the most popular things to microdose right now that yeah. they will yes, give to people is. in depression. So it's like a small enough dose that they even have at home. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah but that kind of sounds like, you know, oh, I only need one beer to feel good. Oh, oh no, no, maybe it's not, two. Maybe two will make me feel good. Oh, maybe uh, three will make me feel good today. It's not long term. So mm-hmm. the people I know, because I know uh, one person who dealt with depression and an eating disorder and was on ketamine therapy. Yeah. It's not long term. Like you wouldn't use it every day. And it's a small Well, no, enough- it's not long term when you're on the therapy. Right. But is it long term when you're a billionaire who can get as much as well, you want? Oh, hell yeah. Right. If I was a billionaire, Andy, I would be on every drug. Because he's just yeah. – he's just. <laughs> He's just dropping it, you know. Yeah, exactly. He's probably just like taking a. I don't. How do you? How do you even administer well, ketamine? Well, what they do is they administer it. It's intravenous. When okay. when they're you know when they're it's it's still it's very much in an experimental phase. But, yeah. But right. you know they're they're finding some people seem to be 
people seem to be uh, taking some people seem to be improving uh, when they take it. Pe- these are people who are really hardcore depressed. Yeah. Yes. I, but also, I like. I, I mean, I had a friend who uh, who took every kind of drug there was, and he said he's. This guy said to me, uh, he said, "I will take every kind of drug out in the street, but not special K." Is that really? that's that's the drug that even hardcore addicts who who these are people who will sniff aerosols, right? Oh yeah. But they won't take special K. Well, the thing about ketamine is that if you take just a little too much, you start to dissociate. Right. And well, that I understand is an extremely unpleasant experience. That, that's what it is. It's it's yeah. a dissociative drug, and yeah, and and it'll just freak people out. We have to take a break because. Speaking of special K, mm. ah, yeah. I see what you did there. Kristen <laughs> Bird will join us right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Tom here, and I want to discuss a partnership that has been wonderful in my life. Zero Res Carpet Care. Very good friends of mine. Nothing is better to someone with a family than having a completely clean home. Your carpet is the biggest filter in your house. If you want to talk about pet dander or foot traffic, dirt from the outside, they all eventually reside in your carpet. So, Zero Res Carpet Care. Listen, around the holidays, you need to contact ZeroResMinnesota.com or call 952-Z-E-R-O-R-E-Z. That's 952-Zero-Res. They clean your home with their electrolyzed pH-elevated water that doesn't use chemicals or soaps that smell like a janitor's closet like other cleaning services. How about a Tom Bernard deal? Well, here it is. Get three rooms, zero resified, starting at 129 bucks, and don't forget your air ducts. Mention me, and they'll discount your air vents by 75 bucks too. This is for the entire month, so call them right now, 9520-RES, backward or forwarded, spells the same, or book online, zeroresminnesota.com. If it's available, ask for them to come to your place in the Tom Bernard named service truck. What an honor that was, by the way. Just mention me by name and get the special deal to get your home clean and your heart happy. Zero Res Carpet Care. Why should your business bank with North American Banking Company? Here's Landon and Gavin Miller of D&B Plating. I've always been impressed with their speed of answers to our questions, uh, and that has allowed us to expand and capitalize on opportunities in the market. North American Banking Company has never made us feel like a number. They've always treated us as a partner. For more information about North American Banking Company, go to nabanco.com or stop by any one of their Twin Cities locations. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You have all helped support MyPillow and their employees in these tough economic times. Mike Lindell knows this and continues to give back to listeners with great deals on his most popular products. Right now, you can save 50% on Queen and King pillows and the original My Slippers, and the MyPillow six-pack bath towel sets are back in stock. The proprietary technology makes them extremely absorbent, yet still provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. Set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. Regular price is $79.98, and for a limited time, you can get this six-pack towel set for only $39.99 with promo code TOM. That's a 50% savings. So go to MyPillow.com, use promo code TOM to save 50% on the MyPillow six-pack towel sets. That is just $39.99 for a set. This deal will not last long. Enter promo code TOM for this special and many more. The Tom Bernard Show is proud to have partners like North American Banking Company, Bradshaw and Bryant, 
and attorney and advertiser Dave Bielke. I've been advertising on Tom Bernard's shows for years. I like Tom, not just because he's a good guy, but because the ads I run on his show bring me new clients that are hurt at work and need legal help. Tommy B works for me. If you'd like to find out more about growing your business with the Tom Bernard Show, go to TomBernardShow.com, keyword partner. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. I don't know what they mean by unruly attitude. I really don't understand that at all. I don't understand at all either. It's unbelievable. No question about it. Ladies and gentlemen, Kristen Bird Entertainment News is brought to you by North American Banking Company. Go to nabanco.com to learn more. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. What's that crabby face? Who's crabby? You. You got this crabby like. I'm not crabby. I was actually just like, take it to the limit one more time. That's a good groove. Are you wearing your Viking purple? Uh, yes. Uh, of course. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was like, oh, Minnesota Vikings. I'm like, was so I, I, more genuine. like Lakers purple. I'm from L.A. <laughs> I would say so, yes. Yeah. Most definitely. Of course, you stole that from Minnesota, too. But other than that, don't worry about it. That is of true. Of course. That of is. Course. They were originally Minnesotan. Like I said, Los Angeles Lakers makes no sense at all. Like the Oceaneers or something. Yeah, the Oceaneers. <laughs> be good. Yeah, that's the only thing worse is the Utah Jazz. The Utah yeah. Jazz. Mm-hmm. I will never. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bring jazz to Utah. Not yeah, a you... lot of jazz in Utah, I don't think. No. I'm well, but there's I... a lot of dance yeah. in Utah, so it could be jazz dance. There you go. Yeah. See? Well, I there think. Yeah. You're right. It all exactly. connects. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Kristen, I mean, it continues. I keep watching these new shows. I'm telling you, I'm sorry. I know I said this quite often, but streaming is phenomenal. God, there's so many great things on streaming. What even even watching anything special? Oh my goodness, uh, I'm actually, I'm actually covering a reality show right now because I'm going to an event tomorrow. Uh, Traders. I'm sure Brittany knows it. Kevin, you might know it. I don't know. Nope. But I'm going, they're doing a whole um, event for season two. And um, I get to find out whether I am a traitor or a faithful. <gasps> and it's, I get to play the game tomorrow Sorry, what night. What is this? It's a reality show uh, called Traitors. Traitors. Yeah. Okay. Traitors. I have major problems with the show. I watched season one. I know that they've done it in another country, but season one here in the U.S. Um, or, well, what U.S. syndicated. But um, there's no way of figuring it out. Like, they don't do any hints. So literally, they'll have, let's say, 10 people, and then they'll have two traitors. You just have to, they just argue. Mm-hmm. And there's no, like, because I want there to be, like, clues and them to have to figure it out. But literally, it's like right. if we all met in a circle. And, of course, what would you say? I'm not a traitor. Well, I'm not a traitor. Mm-hmm. And then they just will just say it because of, of character traits. Well, you kind of are known for being sneaky. What? Like, because these are well-known reality stars too. We should say who are in the cast for season two, at least. Season one, they mixed it up with regular people and reality stars. But this season, it's all reality star villains and people who are well liked. You kind of have to figure it out. But I'm going to get to play the game tomorrow night, 
and I'll let you guys know if I was a traitor or a faithful. Won't we know because it'll be all over the news? I don't think so. No. <laughs> no, it, they're doing this is a private event. They're like we're doing it at a private mansion <laughs> in oh, mid city. I know. But uh I I'll be interested to see cuz they assign you your role. So I'll be curious to see what they assign me. Unless they change up the way that game is played, I have no interest watching everybody just assume and fight in a circle without any clues or hint or availability it's literally like among us do you remember did you ever play oh, that andy yeah i just said that in the chat i said this mm -hmm. sounds like among us yeah it's exactly like among us we just everybody shows up and is like and at least among us well i mean you still just lie constantly so it's like what's the point yeah, yeah you need clues i think to keep the audience engaged i think that's a really maybe you should produce the show mm -hmm. i'm working well, on the it. idea <laughs> is that most people are actually not very good at lying because they'll end up like getting like lost in their own web kind of situation. So it's like you wait for them to out themselves and then, but I don't know, reality stars feel like the kind of people who would be really good at lying because they're sociopaths. Yeah, and it's not there like are they, some. the only thing they have to lie about is their title. So they don't have to like defend any action. Like I have this whole theory that when they play these games, so they play these games to like put money in the bank, like they work together. I feel like, the traders should have to have to like sabotage the goal yeah, and then have to deny why like, Oh no, it's cause my ankle hurt. That's why I couldn't get as many points for us, yeah. but literally it's more mystery. Yeah. But the, literally it exists. The whole game is they all are banking money and together. And so the only thing they need to lie about at this table is they sit and go, I am a, I'm not a traitor. I'm not a traitor. And everyone just yells that in a circle and then they pick someone. Do they vote people off? Like at the yeah. end of it, yeah. does every one person get the money or is it a yeah. group of people? Yeah. Well, oh. I can hardly wait. I know. I'm, but I did watch <laughs> season one. I feel like it was like on the tail end of the pandemic. So I was like, fine, I'll watch it. Yeah, I'll do it. Um, but yeah, I'm a horrible liar. So if I'm a traitor, I'm going to be like, I'm not a traitor. I laugh when I lie. So. <laughs> Um, that's my tell. Like yeah. That. So I don't lie because all I do is start giggling. I mean, it's just, it's, and I don't, you know, when you try and not laugh, you're like, I'm totally telling the truth. Doesn't work. I suppose not. You know, it's a difficult thing right now is to, to keep up with shows. We've been watching a lot of shows. Catherine, and I, when I say we, I mean, Catherine and me watch a lot of different shows. And all of a sudden you realize you know, we haven't watched The Righteous Gemstones in like I know. two months. Yeah. You forget about shows. Then you go back and go, why did I ever forget about it? this show is phenomenal? Yeah. I don't know how. See, I'm a binge watcher, so mm -hmm. I need to yeah. just plow through. So I don't know how you leave a show and come back because I would have to keep on doubling back going, what happened in the last two or three episodes? Yeah. And I know you drop shows and then you come back to them. Yep. I, I, is that tough? Yeah, no, because we don't do it on purpose. You just all of a sudden, all this new great stuff is coming along. You know, like like I said, uh, the history of the world and six glasses is is brand new. So we started watching that. Catherine is really good at finding shows to watch. She she digs pretty deeply. I keep like a running list of like what I need to watch or what I want to watch, mm -hmm. and like. I guess I'm just very type A. I'm like, I have to finish the show and then yeah. I can move on to the next one. Yeah, Otherwise how, I go crazy. Yeah, that's how I am. Like right now I'm trying to finish Jack Ryan so I can move on to something else. Like, yeah. yeah. No, that does make sense. And it, 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 it all, Well, again, Michael Bryant, I will never forget this. He said, you got any funny shows that you watch? He said, yeah, there's this great one on Freebie. Uh, you should watch this show. 
He watched all six seasons of it in one <laughs> weekend. I that blows my mind. That is not a life I'm living right now at all. No. I'm like Tom. We skip around. I forget things exist. We watch something like once every two weeks. Six seasons is a huge commitment. That's and I, are you even going to the bathroom? Like, no. is there time? No. I, I, you know, I, I worry about an attorney who does that. It's like, oh, I'll, you know what? I'll give the final the final argument later. <laughs> I gotta finish my show. Yeah. I'm binging. <laughs> I mean, honest to God, though, that that would be like 150 episodes. You're not going That's to bed. Not... You're barely getting a snack. I mean, are you hydrated? That's what I want to know. Oh, <laughs> drop dead watching a TV show. There you go. Yeah, that works for me. I I, I do have friends that do. Well, Bob Sansevier is another one. Mm -hmm. I told him about season four of uh, what the hell is that show called again? Fargo. Mm -hmm. Uh, written by local Minnesotans. You know, we, they were supposed to be on one time, but they dropped the show because somebody told them that I was a prick or something. I don't know what it oh, was. Oh, no. God, how did the word but, get out? I don't know. I finally what did you do, Tom? Yes, I must have done something. There's no question about it. I didn't agree with someone's politics, so I was a horrible, evil human being. I do love that about Minnesotans. Unless you agree with 100% of what I say, I don't like you. It is true. Minnesotans are very much like that. Well, it's I think, hilarious. I think when you get to know people wherever you go, you know, people always say, well, you know, like you're not considered a, a, a true native unless you've been there for 80 years. But it's that way pretty much everywhere. Yeah, I suppose yeah, that's definitely. True, yeah. People are insular. That's all. I mean, yeah. wasn't it your, uh, does your, I'm not going to say his name, but does your uh, friend down here still call you a Yankee? Because I remember he used to. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and we've been living down here for what, 20 something years now? Not on, like, oh, no, not coming straight. To visiting, visiting 27 years. Yeah. yeah. We're still Yankees. And he still calls me a Yankee. It's yeah. like, what? Yeah. I know West okay. Palm. I literally know West Palm Beach better than I know pretty much any city in Minnesota I've because told, I walk around yeah. it and, you know. I've told this story before, but I don't think I've ever told Kristen this story. The guy he saw, his first name is Johnny. That's the guy's real name. And he graduated from Alabama University. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. So everything was Roll Tide hats, Roll Tide t-shirts. He's the reason I know you even know the phrase Roll Tide. Exactly. But on his golf bag, it just said Bama. It wasn't room to put Alabama on there, so it just said Bama. Mm -hmm. And he's pretty far righty. His politics are pretty conservative. And some smart ass at the golf course uh, found an O, put glue on it, and put it in front of Bama so his bag said Obama. Now that's funny. <laughs> that is funny. That is very funny. <laughs> I, I will never forget it as long as I live. It said Obama for about a year on his goal. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, he was a piece of work, though. Johnny, yeah, Johnny's. How would you, how would you describe Johnny? Andy, uh, very southern, very southern. No, he's from <laughs> Alabama. That's true. He is. He's an Alabama boy. So, whatever works. But in any case, getting back to the entertainment world, um, are people able to? What the average person? I don't know how they do. Do they pick a few shows, watch them, and then move on? Because Catherine and I have about, I would guess right now, about twenty shows we watch. Yeah, God, I thought I, my I life like was empty. Yeah, exactly. 20, that's a lot of shows exactly. 20 shows is a lot yeah. I, and honestly I only watch because during the week my job is covering TV and movie and stuff yeah. like I'll yeah. watch what I need to watch for work and on weekends it's for pleasure so during the week I'm not watching TV after 5 o'clock if I don't have to you know yeah, I, I, like, I go yeah I go and it's like I go out 
and get some fresh air, go work out, like go to an event or something else like that, where I think the average person that's not in the entertainment industry is probably more apt to turn on the TV after a yeah. day of work. Oh, I think that's probably true because I don't do television. I enjoy television. I, I suppose if I worked in television, I would not enjoy it as much. And, and I work, I, I mean, I watch less television than I did five years ago. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. I watch, really? Even though there's a lot of quality, it's it's quality over quantity. I think that's where I'm at in terms of television viewing. And uh, I just think like I'd rather be outside and away from tech, you know, because I'm looking, I'm staring at a screen all day, whether it's my phone yeah. Yeah. or whether it's a laptop. So I don't want to look at another rectangle. Yeah, I, that makes sense. That does make sense. Is it unusual? And it's not an intentional thing. It just Catherine and I tend to like the same shows. Like she finds shows on um, British television. Wow. And we watch those. And I love the shows on British. Every show she picks, I go, yeah, that's a really good show. Is it unusual for a husband and wife to pretty much like this? I mean, there are a couple of things she does, and a couple of things I do that we don't watch together. But mostly we enjoy the same type of programming. Is that is that unusual? I don't watch the same things as Bill, for sure. <laughs> I mean, he'll spend his whole night watching Star Trek or Marvel or something else like that. Yep. Where um, my shows are probably more, more of like chick things <laughs> you know chick what i mean things. yeah i'd rather watch like a, a sex in the city and emily in paris or something like marvelous mrs Maisel type of situation he will watch those with me um right. where i will just completely go off and do something else if he's got captain picard on so it's all about you pretty much yeah <laughs> there you but go I, i'm no i'm the attitude like i don't want to do something that isn't enjoyable and Watching yeah. Picard isn't enjoyable for me, so I want him to enjoy his show in peace, and I can go off and do something else. You know, it's really funny you bring that up, because I loved Star Trek, but I didn't like any of the other Star Treks. Well, which Star Trek? So you, so you like the original Captain Star Trek? Captain Kirk, baby. With Kirk, the super cheesy one? Super cheesy. That's what yeah. I love. He's good Shatner. Shatner's great, and Leonard Nimoy. Actually, he's such a great guy. I haven't talked to William now, and I used to interview him about four or five times a year. He's delightfully crabby. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And funny. He is. Wasn't he like 117 funny. now? He's about 90. Isn't 90, he? I think. Yeah, he's in his yeah. 90s, and he used to. What, he is good friends with uh, Tom Bergeron. So when Tom Bergeron right. was hosting Dancing with the Stars, he would live tweet Dancing with the Stars. I'm talking about William Shatner, and it was hilarious the way he would sort of judge the dances. It was the best form of entertainment. It was actually better than watching the show. I gotta ask you. I've never asked anybody this, but Kristen Bird is the person to answer this. Because when I first watch uh, watched uh, America's Funniest Home Videos when Tom Bergeron was the host, Tom. No, we watched it well before he was. No, the no. Host. I'm just talking when he. I'm talking about him. Like when you when he was first host. Yeah, because we watched the Bob Saget years when I was a kid. I remember oh, that. There's no question about and it. And then we quit during those two awful ones. Oh, and they had the couple do yeah, it. Yeah, that they, was horrendous. They weren't good. But Tom Bergeron used to come on the old Q show all the time and he'd laugh and joke and have a great time. And then all of a sudden, toward the end of his run, he got real owly and weird and hard to deal with. What the hell was that all about? I don't know, because I've never had any problems with him. Um, I, I think he was auditioning for a role on the uh, the old morning show. Oh, he there was. you go. <laughs> Method acting. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. You're, you're probably right. Yeah, at, toward the end, the last time I ever interviewed him, I remember we were talking about something and then got distracted by something else. No big deal for about one minute. Uh, and he goes, are you ever going to come back to me or is the interview over? I'm like, 
what? <laughs> maybe you, you caught him on a bad day. <laughs> yeah, maybe I caught him on a real bad day because I never talked to him again. It's like, oh, you still have, you... He's really a good interview because he's got so many good stories. Yep. And he's to me, he's one of the best live television hosts out there. He was great on that show. There's no question. Did he quit or did they get rid of him? Oh, that's a story. That's a whole yeah. bit of gossip. Go. Um, well, he quit America's uh, Funniest Home Videos, but mm -hmm. he was fired from Dancing with the Stars. Because he didn't like one of the guests or something? He did not like Sean Spicer. Um, who, oh, there you go. Well, who yeah. did? Nobody. I mean, well, here's the thing, too. This is this. I think what happened, what got him like really upset, and I, I get it. He sat down at the time. Andrew Linares was the executive producer of Dancing with the Stars. He sat down with with him and the head of casting, which is Dina Katz, before the show even started. This was season 28 and just said they were like, hey, what type of celebrities would you like to see on the show? And he said, you know what? We're in the middle of a really tough political landscape. People on both sides don't want to be reminded of politics. Like, let's not cast a political mm -hmm. contestant so people right. can just enjoy two hours in the ballroom and go on. So they said, that's a great idea. We won't do that. So he goes to Good Morning America where they announced the cast and out pops Sean Spicer. So they mm -hmm. totally blindsided him with Sean Spicer's casting. And for, you know, from a television producer perspective, that's great TV because you knew that Donald Trump was going to tweet about it. Um, yeah. Sean Spicer was a terrible dancer who stayed far too long because people were voting for him because Donald Trump was tweeting. And it generated headlines each and every week, which as a TV producer, you want because you want to satisfy your advertisers. But it didn't really satisfy the audience. They were really upset. But didn't people and, love to hate him? Uh, no. I mean, a lot of people just hated him. No. I mean, it really was a contentious season. It wasn't pleasant no. at all. Because um, it, it just... But, it's funny because Dancing with the Stars has a more conservative audience, but the, the hardcore passionate viewers are very liberal. It's it's weird how politics like plays into certain things. Um, and Tom never spoke to the executive producer like all season long. They fought. Um, and Aaron Andrews, who was the co-host at the time, was very good friends with Tom. And Tom said, I knew at the end of the season I was getting fired. He cleaned out his dressing room, which he had never done. And he didn't get fired. But they had hired Tyra Banks in January following the season and they didn't mm -hmm. let Tom know until about June, about six months later that he didn't have his job. I have a question for you. Why do people get so upset with someone, someone's politics they don't agree with? I'm going to be on a show with Sean Spicer. I don't agree with his politics. What the hell do I care? I'm never going to see him again. Uh, well, you have to spend 10, 11 weeks with this person and interact so with them. Is. And you know what? It just, at the time, at the time, you have to remember, this is during Donald Trump's presidency when everyone had an opinion. You either loved him or you hate him. There was no in between. It was frustrating. It was frustrating for the viewers, too, because nobody wanted to talk politics. Nobody. Well, on a dance show, you don't. Did he, did he talk politics on the dance show? I never he watched did. it. He had to because every week you have, like, packages. So it talks about his time in Washington and oh, his okay. rise. through every. I mean, there's, there's, you know, you hear about his background every single week. And you have Donald Trump inserting his opinion every single week. It, mm -hmm. it wasn't good for the show. It wasn't good for the fan base. Um, and eventually the executive producer got fired because he tanked the show. So I just I really don't understand people's, you know, Mike Gelfand and I, our politics are nothing alike. Don Shelby is on the opposite end of I love both of them. Mm -hmm. I, they can have their own opinion that it's not the same opinion as mine, but it's only politics. And it's not like 
Don Shelby, Mike Galfan, and Tom Bernard can reach out and pull a lever and go, okay, that's over. <laughs> Just get over it. Just because you don't agree on politics, you have different lives, different experiences. Yeah. Relax. But, but listen, I will say to to your point that if you have a political guest on that say one of us didn't agree with, mm -hmm. they're on for 20 minutes. They're on for 10 minutes. They're on mm -hmm. for the entire show. But next day we move on to something else. Dancing with the Stars, Sean Spicer kept popping up every single week. So it's like There's a reminder. A week, so who cares? People care because this fan base is super passionate and super invested. And it made a lot of people tune out and they lost a lot of viewership because of it. Oh, did they really? They did, yeah. Is that a one side thing where one political group tends to bail faster than the other one, or do they both bail at the same time? They both time? bail. They do both they? bail. Yeah, they do. I just I don't understand why people get so wound up in politics because you're never going to get everything you want. There's never well, going to happen. It's a, it's a different landscape. It, it's a very different landscape. And I think, you know, even though the Golden Globes on Sunday night wasn't the best in terms of humor, mm -hmm. it was lovely that politics wasn't mentioned. Right. We didn't hear that discourse one bit. And I think for a lot of viewers, it was refreshing. So I think people just don't sure. want politics shoved in their face. They want to keep D.C. in D.C. and Hollywood in Hollywood. Well, I understand that. But Hollywood doesn't do that. Hollywood is very political. Well, and they have never cast another political contestant after Sean Spicer because they realized it was a mistake. Yeah, I just I don't get that involved in politics or any presidents or governors or whatever. But look, I, I got to be honest with you. I look at most politics right now on both sides and go, you people are worthless. I mean, they're just not good people. So why would I get upset by that? Well, One why do I want them on my entertainment shows then? I want them in Congress doing their job. No, I, understand. <laughs> I understand. I don't know why a guy like that would go on. I suppose he wanted the note, no, uh, the the note, the people to know who he was. He makes he makes money. He, I mean, he went yeah. home with like two hundred eighty-five thousand oh, dollars to did. lose some weight mm -hmm. and appear on television every single week. And you know, he wasn't really working at the time. He was doing, you know, I think some Fox News pundit stuff. But he wound up, I think, then going to where is he now? Newsmax. He wound yeah. up getting his Newsmax job after that. He so. probably wasn't really, uh, he wasn't getting a lot of phone calls those days, I, I would imagine. No, he definitely wasn't because he was out of the White House at that point And, you know, maybe he was doing some public speaking, but it, it sometimes offers, it's a reminder to people who might hire you. And now he has his own show on Newsmax. So it probably yeah. paid off for him in the end. Yeah, I could see that. I, I, like I said, I just I've never understood the extreme political views things where you end up not liking someone because of their politics. It's like, I don't care who you vote for. Good for you. Right. I don't know. Sean Spicer was yeah, I, <laughs> I, I covered him. No, yeah, I covered I him. And he was listen, I interviewed him. He was very nice. He was grateful to be there. I think he enjoyed the experience. His pro that he danced with Lindsay Arnold was good to him. Um, her I think mother-in-law died during the season and his father had just died. So I, I know that he helped her through a lot. Um, but just from, you know, the optics of it were tough for viewers. That's all. But you have to understand you're still talking about it. So it worked. Uh, yeah, it, but it didn't work. It That's worked the thing. and it didn't work. That's exactly It worked right. and it didn't work. It worked yeah. in a PR perspective for the season. It didn't work for the show in the long run. I, I, I have to admit um, my politics obviously are nothing like his, but I I never watched that show ever, except that I would watch him just to see him fail. <laughs> see, there hate you, you were hate watching, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I was hate watching. Yeah. Yep. 
I have a hilarious photo of me interviewing him, and he's in this lime green. It's neon too. It's just so bright. Oh, and it's ruffled yeah. and it's satin. And he was like, I don't know. I think he had like a salsa or something the first week. And man, it's it's quite the it's quite the photo. Have they ever done that before? Has a political figure ever appeared on another game show before? Uh, I don't even Dance know. with the of Stars course. has had people for sure. They had, Tucker Carlson did it. People should go to YouTube and watch Tucker Carlson sit in a chair because he couldn't dance and his pro danced around him. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's oh brutal. yeah, it was in I think season like two or three. Mm -hmm. It is so bad. Why is it I see that as a metaphor? He's in a bow tie. Yeah, that's a metaphor though, right? That says it all. I, I look. I got along well with uh, with Pat Sajak. He's a good guy. Pat's well, the, yeah, he's um, very far right. He's very conservative. Yeah. How about the Ur example of a politician being on a uh, a show like that? Sock it to me. <laughs> that was funny. That was that great was stuff. Richard, that was on the what a laugh in. Laugh in. Laugh in. Yep. Yeah. Sock it to he, me. He obviously had no idea why it what is why it was funny either. No, he right. was just told to say it, yeah. and he did it, and he probably left the studio immediately after. Oh, yeah, and Rick Perry was on Dance with the Stars too. There's a famous meme of him like skipping around the dance floor because he was also a bad dancer. I politicians are terrible dancers in general. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Well, yeah, because him. that's that's because they're so uh, they're so uptight. You know, they they can't relax mm -hmm. even for a moment. You have to be willing to make a fool of yourself if you're going to be a good dancer. That's true. Yep. Because if we, we if dancing can look cool, but it also looks stupid. It's yeah. cool and stupid at the same time. Yeah. So if you, you lean going... into it and learn to ballroom dance, you look amazing. Yeah. But if you're kind of that halfway in between, yeah. it's a hot mess. And you have yeah. to trust your partner. No politician's ever going to trust anyone. And it depends on what partner you get, too, because some of them are better than others at choreographing mm. to your level of skill, skill level. You know, I was just thinking about politicians in Minnesota. You know that I'd gotten so far away from caring about stuff like that. I didn't even know who most of them are. That's yeah, not a good either. thing. Do you think? I don't know. Why not? Eh, well, I, yeah, some people, that's all they do is they take the political temperature every day, whereas I, I'm at the point where it's like, eh, whatever. Most of the people, you know, I just uh, I do vote because I think it's your your duty or not. I don't know if about a duty, but you've earned the privilege to vote. So I do think you should vote all the time. And that's as far as my politics go. I don't give a rat's ass how far right or left you are. I couldn't care less. What are you going to do? Right. What are you going to do to me? I'm going to go in the voting booth and force your hand. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to force your hand to vote <laughs> my way. But I, I think part of that, and Mr. Gelfand will understand this, part of that was I've been asked so many times to endorse people. And then when I do, they never talk to me again. It's yeah. like they use you and go away. That's why I don't give a rat's ass about Democrats or Republicans. I would never endorse anyone, honestly. Because no, I understand. Even if you vote for them, two years down the line, they're going to disappoint you somehow. So no I, that's why I would never endorse someone. No, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, I've met some politicians that were decent people. Most of them are a massive pain in the ass. I mean, they just are. Most big time politicians are a huge pain in the ass. Don't you think? Um, I wouldn't doubt that. Well, especially if you get to know them. Yeah. Well, yes, exactly. That's the more you know, the more you hate. Because they're all drunk with power. 
True. Pretty that's much. a good. Yeah, that's a very good, very good point. But like I said, I just really wish people would stop getting so upset about each other's politics because you and I have no influence anyway. They don't give a rat's ass about you and me. Nobody cares how I vote. No, I vote. Care. Nobody cares. That's it. Me too. <laughs> Nobody cares how I vote. They didn't give. So I just don't get upset by that kind of stuff. I just. I know some people who lean, you know, way left, and I know some people who lean way right. Good for you. I'm happy for you. Let's continue through life. I will never. Oh, this is what they said. I, I don't care. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Right. Exactly. Because you're not going to make that big a difference. Stop getting so angry about. I think the problem I have right now is that people have gotten so angry about politics. I don't even want to hear it anymore. You know, they just get so pissed off about it. Like, I know. Oh that, my God. that just irritates the hell out of me. It really does, Mike. There's no question. Sons of bitches. Well, Do you want to hear some good stuff? I'd love to hear some from stuff. politics. Yeah. Uh, primetime Emmys are on Monday, and I think that there's going to be a couple things to tune into. I know you don't watch award shows, Tom, but they're doing a really nice tribute to Norman Lear. They, um, Because it oh. is the 75th anniversary of the show, they are also going to be doing uh, some television reunions. They've announced so far that they're going to do a television reunion of Martin as well as Ally McBeal. But I would expect other like classic nostalgic shows to um, make appearances. So I'm kind of excited by that. They said that it's going to be a nice tight three hour show. They don't want to run over. And um, who's the host? Anthony Anderson is the host. They are having his mother, Doris, be the official like um, speech enforcer. So once you make your acceptance speech, once it hits 30 seconds, she's going to be the one like wrapping you up and getting you off stage. So hopefully that'll add a little bit of lightness to the show instead of just the orchestra obnoxiously playing everybody off. <laughs> well, You're going to listen to mom, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Maybe for the first 30 minutes. I'm saying that <laughs> we'll one's going to get happens. old real quickly. <laughs> maybe she gets the old, you know, cane and hooks people off, but um, they said they also all people should also expect a Matthew Perry tribute as well. They're going to give him a little mm. breakout um, moment too. That's a sad story. So oh my! God. Did anyone see us week uh, us weekly cover story? Mm-mm. It goes into us weekly. Their cover story is all about Matthew Perry never being sober and just a really sad look at what his life was he was one thing in public behind the scenes he was abusive to the women he dated he was really? abusive allegedly you know abusive to his sober companion um who eventually just quit um but that he was really struggling he could never get sober and much of his book is basically what he wanted himself to be yeah so it was like a projection of who he mm-hmm. hoped to be versus the actual truth in his memoir. well you know, you know what s scott fitzgerald said he said show me a comedy i'll write you a tragedy yeah it really was it was a true tragedy and i think also they made one interesting point that he oftentimes had a really complicated relationship with his friends co-stars because they were all successful all they were all equally successful because they made the same amount of money mm-hmm. but he was frustrated that none of them had the same struggles that he did and their careers continued on in some capacity while his sort of just remained stagnant because of his sobriety issues no no question about it well, that's nice closing uh, happy story. No, wah, wah, I know, but <laughs> things to look forward to at the primetime Emmys. I think that there's oh. going to be a lot of nostalgia and hopefully uh, a bit of fun. We shall talk to you tomorrow. Yes. I'm looking forward to it. 
Have a good night. Bye, sister. Ladies and gentlemen, Kristen Bird Entertainment News brought to you by North American Banking Company. Go to nabankco.com to learn more. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. We shall take a break. Be right back and wrap things up with the show right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Listen live on the Tom Bernard Show app or at TomBernardShow.com. You know the song Kokomo? It's supposed to be off the Florida Keys, right? Hate to break your Beach Boys bubble, but that's a fictitious place they made up for the song. Fortunately for the rest of us, the Florida Keys island chain are as real as the taxes you have to pay in Minnesota if you're a resident. Now that's a reason to move south. In addition to Florida and all of Monroe County being beautiful, the Keys from Key Largo to Key West are even more beautiful. This is Tom Bernard, part-time Florida resident myself. And if you want a second house or a new retirement home or what? Become a Floridian? May I suggest you contact Matt Carlson from One Key West Realty. Matt grew up in Litchfield. He's a super real estate agent when it comes to finding your tropical island space in the Keys. He lives there and here, and Matt knows what's best in Key West to buy. For your second home in Florida, Matt teamed up with fellow Minnesotan from Sartell and Alexandria, Kristen Eklund, who's one of the top mortgage brokers in the country from Coast to Coast Mortgage. She'll get you the financing you need to buy a home in Florida or in Minnesota. Matt's part of the Lake Sotheby's International Realty Group here in Minnesota, and Kristen, his mortgage colleague, lives and works in the Keys, so they both know the Florida Keys' new and existing homes for sale and are Minnesotan through and through. Contact them by heading to OneKeyWest.com. That's OneKeyWest.com. Jim Paul of Valley Buick GMC has a mutiny on his hands. His sales crew said they've had it brooming snow off the new Buicks and GMCs, then warm them up, move them to plow, and repark them again. He even overheard them cooking up an alternative plan, a sale. This is crazy. Why don't we just mark them down and sell them? This is getting real old to be out on that lot in this sub-zero weather. That's right. Everyone we sell is one less to broom. I heard we're supposed to get six more inches tomorrow. I'm 5'6". How am I supposed to get the snow off the roof of a pickup? I'm Jim Paul, and, well, car dealers do have all kinds of crazy sales. This idea probably makes more sense than most. There's plenty of inventory, so, okay, the crew has decided. Yeah! yeah no, yeah. So, then it's official. The We Don't Want to Broom Snow sale is in full force at Valley Buick GMC in Apple Valley and Hastings. Snowy inventory priced real right at valleycardealers.com. Tom Bernard is back. Every weekday, you'll hear Tommy B, Brittany Arneson. Yes, that Brittany Arneson. Along with Tom's pals, Kent Herbeck on Fridays, Bob Sansevier, Mike Stretch Gelfan, Tim Lammers, and from Channel 5 Eyewitness News, Chris Eggert and Kristen Burt on entertainment and pop culture. It's Tom and the crew with opinions on news, opinions on life, opinions on entertainment, and of course, opinions on opinions on other people's stupid opinions. The Tom Bernard Show is a podcast, so you can listen when you want to listen. In the car, on the way to or from work, at home, on the job site, or wherever you need your Tommy B Show fix. Hear the show on the Tom Bernard Show app in your app store, as a podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts, or see it on YouTube on the Tom Bernard Show channel. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back. With, oh, look at this. You got Dougie shows up, Mick Sterling shows up. That show hasn't even started yet, so that's great. Oh, I can't hear a word he's saying. Oh, there we go. There you go. Brittany, I have a question for you. Yeah, of course. I was listening on the way in. Uh, and if, as you should. Next time you go to a meeting, would you open with, hi, my name's Brittany, and if I was a billionaire, I'd take all the drugs in the world? 
Uh, Doug, I don't think you understand. The reason you get sober isn't because there's no consequences. Okay. You ha- your consequences are what go, hey, maybe I need to change. If I didn't have any consequences, I would be on ketamine. I would be on all of the drugs. Have you met me? Like, absolutely. I, that was hysterical. I was laughing in the car on the cross town. I'm like, I can't believe she said that. Uh, I need consequences in my life. <laughs> I will uh, point out to people that might be driving to work this morning that it is an amazing thing, and you're absolutely right, because I've already had texts that uh, it, it's very cool that Brittany doesn't even need a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't have a camera. I, I have a mic. I just no, no camera. Yeah, yeah. I just I just gave Mick my spot so then it wouldn't be as chaotic when you guys switch over. Uh, that was a joke. That's, <laughs> years ago when we were in Vegas, we had dinner for the morning show, and my wife was sitting between you and Bob Sansevier. I'm so sorry. Oh, and afterwards, God. she goes, my ears hurt. <laughs> I completely God. understand. That was fun. It was fun. No question about it. All right, Britt, Britt, what are you? So why are you off camera? Oh, uh, yeah, I just figured I'd get Mick all set up since um, then I it would the transition to your guys' show would be easier. And we're at the tail end of our show. So I just thought, give him my seat. So there isn't like a here. We first you're going to sit here and then you're going to sit here. Yeah, it works. Andy, should we do it? Should we do the uh, or Tevin? I should ask, actually. Should we do the break and then come back and start the actual show? Yeah, we can get that yeah, kicked off right now. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a great idea because we got we got the intro music. So Mick Sterling would like intro music. Oh, no, that'd be nice. Yeah, absolutely, we'll absolutely. get that started now. Here we go. 